Thanks for listening to another podcast from C3 Calgary West. Our hope is that this message will equip and inspire your walk with God. For more information about our church and community, check out myc3church.ca. Hey church, Pastor Stephen here. Today we are kicking off the supernatural theme with three amazing speakers, members of our congregation who serve in different areas, and they have a supernatural story to tell you, to encourage you, to help you believe. Good morning. And they became quiet. <laughs> um, I don't know if my, my heart is racing because I'm running up the stairs, <laughs> age is catching up, or whether it's just being um, a little bit nervous. In any case, let's, let's dig into to my story. Um, I'm going to talk about dreams. So if you fall asleep, that's okay. It's part of the message. Um, I have four very alive children, and they are amazing artists and musicians. And I was really surprised to see that they can stand still this morning, two of them. So I'll remember that. Um, but Renee and myself, um, we share and deal, um, work with the kids back at C3 Kids. So we said yes, and it's extremely rewarding. So come along and join us. It is amazing. So um, I fit into my family, I think, because I think in pictures. Um, and maybe that's because you can't get the spelling wrong or whether it is because I don't have to write so many words, so it's way easier. But I think in pictures, and, and I suppose that makes me a little bit of a, a different accountant, but that's who I am. Um, so I, what I want to do today is to just share my story, share my picture, and share what God is doing in our lives as a family. A couple of years ago, kind of university days, God has called me to be a Joseph, and Joseph in a foreign land, and to bring administration and to provide in that foreign land. So, similar to Joseph, God is talking to me in dreams quite a bit, um, hence the topic. Um, now, just to clarify, for me, dreams is a color or an enhancement to what God is saying. I, I don't personally, this is just my belief, I don't take a dream and say, okay, this is now it. I would say, this is what God is saying through scripture, through people in my life, and then I will measure what the dream says to that. Scripture's foundation. So just know that that's the filter of everything I say right now. So three years ago, we had a C3 conference. And Pastor Gordon was standing here one night, and he said, I'm going to pray for the business people. Called us up, and he prayed for us. Ever since that prayer, there was a, uh, just an igniting of a flame in my heart to do business, to start your own business, and to go for it, to be that Joseph that he's called me to do. And later in the night, he said, and tomorrow, and he looked me straight in the eye, tomorrow you're going to go to the office, and there's going to be a new client. So Friday morning, I walked into the office with my bag and everything, and I, I was just three steps into the office, and I got the sort of the detail, but there's a new client on my desk. Um, I'm like, okay, <laughs> I need to listen. <laughs> I need to pay attention to what was being prayed and what was being said, um, because there was a significant um, igniting of God's action in my life. Okay, so that happened, but you know, nothing naturally, nothing that I can tangibly hold on happened yet. It was a word, it was something in my heart, it was a seed, it was a prayer, but nothing that I can say, this is what's happening. I had to hold on to that. And then God was saying, um, beginning of last year, he said to us as a family, change is coming. Now, I, I, 
Most of us don't put up our hand for that because it's not great, right? But he was saying change is coming. But, and then I started feeling God saying, go this way, but I'm on a train track going that way, and I have no control on where the stations are. Um, so I got frustrated because clearly I'm hearing God's word, yet I'm going in the wrong direction, so it felt. So now I started to grumble, and I got frustrated, and then God said, Mm-mm, move on. He was very clear with that. So for me, what I had to do is I had to put little markers in the ground. I said, okay, God, I need to logic brain. I had to now step by step say, what is happening? How do I do this, which you have said? How can I move towards that? So I started putting my pegs in the ground. And the, the, the morning after my first peg, the date of this peg uh, measuring stick, the very next morning, my devotion, which was the next logical part of my plan, I was reading the scripture, and in Genesis 20, it says, now Abraham moved on. I, I spent, I can't tell you how many minutes on that part, and I just stuck, and I'm like, okay, God, this is what you're saying. And I just like skipped into conversation with God about move on. And then as I went along, I said, okay, God, I don't want to grumble. I need to move on, but how? Um, and he said a second time, move on and stop grumbling. And I'm like, okay, I got it, I got it. And then I have to just stop grumbling about it, but just pray and hold on to what is not seen yet. Okay. So, and then, so I had a lot of strategies, I had a lot of pictures, a lot of things that could have been me and my plans, but it wasn't God's birthed moment at that time. So, um, beginning of this year, God started to speak to me through dreams. Like, I, I know his voice coming through dreams to me because I've heard that before. And certain dreams are just clear impact. I would keep them as a seed in my heart. I will share them with Renee, and we put them away. Um, and then so he started talking about dreams of houses and homes. And that's been his word or his language for me in the past for changes coming. So I was like, okay, and I'm writing these things down. Um, and I'm just writing the different home dreams, which is kind of fun. It's like w watching um, home renovations, um, but it, it's all good. Um, and then I shared with Renee and kept it. And then um, his next, God's next word for me was wean yourself. Because when I'm getting all these directional things, and I'm like, mm, how do I deal with that? Because there's nothing yet. I can't hold on to anything saying this is what happened. So... I thought, okay, part of my measuring sticks and part of my markers on my road, I'm going to just post a, a notice on our institute's board and saying, I want to buy a business and see what happens. Very soon after that, I got a call from a seller saying, hey, this and that, the reason I'm moving away, do you want to buy my, my, my business? So I'm like, whoa, that's awesome. So I set up a meeting. Um, now I have to stay calm, right? Like I, I can't just say, yes, God is now actually actioning what he's been saying for three years or two and a half at that point. So now I go into the meeting, set up a meeting. The night before the meeting, I have a dream. Guess about what? A house. Um, it was amazing. I was walking in this house. It was a fairly old house. And without too much detail, I was able to walk into different rooms and see different things in the house. And then when we, I got to the meeting... That helped me to ask certain questions in my house, right, in the business. And God was just so amazing by giving me that direction in a dream before that helped the meeting and to help me see what I need to see in the house or the business. So now my faith 
had to live through action, right? I have to actually get this thing going um, by doing what I'm saying. So then, let me just get my next dream in order here. Um, okay, so the... Got it. Okay, so then I had another dream on homes. And this was really after a week or two later... I had a dream about I'm showing my family about this. I was so excited about this new house that we bought. So I was walking through the house, and I was just in the front yard, and I'm like, oh, look, and this, and I'm showing them. And as I was showing them, it was like, hold on, what are you guys doing here? So there were like a lot of workers, and they're doing renovations. They're adding benefit. They're adding extras to the house. And I think there was a jacuzzi at the back, but anyhow, it it really looked amazing. So the, the point was, God has provided a business. He's provided opportunity to buy the business. He gave me insight where to look and ask in the business. And then afterwards, and this only came after the dream, I realized what I bought, there was actually more value and benefit in what I bought, which God has provided. And the owner is putting more into that business than what we originally agreed upon and so forth. So God has given me a renovated house. Isn't that amazing? You know. So, so that's the dream. So what I want to do is quickly tie that to the topic of supernatural. And this is something that's been really dear to my heart. Abraham was called to be a father before he, was, um, before he became a dad, right? So I'm called to be a, a dreamer, a colorful dreamer. What are you called to be? Okay? And what I want to read quickly is Galatians 4, verse 22 onwards. I'm reading from the duct tape Bible, right? So mine just fell apart, and being a practical household that I have, they just duct tape it for me. All right, Galatians 4.22. For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one of the slave woman and the other of a free woman. His, sons, his son by the slave woman was born in the ordinary way, but his son from the free woman was born as a result of a promise, the supernatural Then you skip a couple of verses for practical reasons. Verse 28, um, now you brothers, like Isaac, are children of promise. At that time, the son born of the ordinary was persecuted by the son born by the power of um, the spirit. And a little bit further down, it explains basically, if you look at an illustration of this, you had Hagar the slave woman, that's the natural, my attempts, I'm trying to do this, I'm pushing, I'm trying to make things, it's just going to persecute you, it's going to fall flat, your deeds will be dead. Then through faith, it's not just at salvation that we use faith, but then through faith, there is a picture of us then living in the promise, the supernatural, the Sarah's in our lives, and out of those promises, our Isaacs are born. Um, and that's, that is my word. Um, the spiritual for me, the supernatural, is faith birth, birthed in God's words. It is not instant, but constant. It's not the microwave. It's not slapping the fingers or saying a few words. It is constantly there. It's always there. The, the promise through Sarah is always there. We just, through faith, need to step into that. Um, so, have you lost your color? Do you, need, do, do you only see black and white? Is your faith stale and your prayers a bit dull? Um, So here's the challenge. Do you need your dreams to be woken up? Hi. So I've been attending C3 for over two years, and I 
thankful for the opportunity to speak, so thank you very much. Today I'm talking about the supernatural in the form of healing. Um, Ten years ago, I was a different person, totally different. On the outside, I was really outgoing. I was incredibly intense, competitive, driven, a high-energy person that would push small children out of the way to win a game at a baby shower. Um, I've changed a lot. Yesterday, I only pushed small children out of the way at Galaxyland, which is totally appropriate. And so, you know, it is what it is. But I'm actually not that different in the outside. <laughs> but ten years ago, actually four years ago even, in private, after I got off the stage and after I was all by myself, I really struggled with anxiety and depression. Um, I was drowning in a million, of a million unfinished tasks on my plate. I was irritable. I was struggling with anger towards those that were closest to me, and I couldn't get a grip on it. And it was then, just over four years ago, that I had a really close friend um, lovingly approach me and suggest that I um, see my family doctor. So after many sessions with my doctor and a psychologist, I was diagnosed with ADHD. Um, while I tested positive for depression and anxiety, they figured that it was a cause of, the root cause was that I was undiagnosed with ADHD and if I medicated it, that those problems would go away. My first thought was panic. Because um, I believe in healing. I believe what God has done for us on the cross. And I, I, I really had a hard time accepting a diagnosis, let alone consider taking medication for it. That's not the walk of faith of a person who believes in healing. That's what I was really struggling with at that time. So after weeks of struggling um, with the diagnosis and a decision whether or not to take medication, I ultimately decided to do just that. Because I spoke with a friend that had great faith, and she said to me, you know, in your head, all, you know all the right scriptures, the right spiritual answers, but right now you're exhausted. She said, you're exhausted from losing your temper all the time, from yelling at your family without control, from struggling with sadness, from feeling guilty because you want to walk in faith and healing, but your physical manifestations aren't showing you that it's happening right now. This doesn't make you a faithless person. It doesn't make you a hypocrite for believing in healing if you need to take medication right now. That is when she encouraged me with Hebrews 4, chapter, uh, sorry, Hebrews 4 verse 9 to 12. Therefore, it re there remains a rest for God's people. For he, has entrust, he, for he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is, uh, is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. She said to me, Stephanie, Fighting the fight of faith doesn't mean that we flail around doing Hail Marys, thinking that fasting, praying more, or quoting more scripture is going to strong-arm God into doing something more for us. Because the truth is, he already did it all. Fighting from faith means fighting from a place of rest and peace. And if taking medication will help you fight stronger from a place of rest, then in this season, that's what you need to do. But that doesn't mean that you take medication, you stop believing for healing, because you know that healing is for you, and this is just a temporary season. So with that encouragement, I went on that journey, and it took six months to kind of moderate my medication and kind of see fruit out of that. You see, in this I was reminded that in any circumstance in our life, especially when we are in crisis, the enemy's biggest tactic is to distract us from the finished work of Jesus Christ. 
When we are distracted from his finished work, the gift that he was freely given to us, we take our eyes off of Jesus. And then we put ourselves in the center and we focus on how we can fix this, what we can do and how we can overcome, all while forgetting that Jesus has fixed this, that he already did overcome so that we can come from a place of overcoming. And so Hebrews 4.15 also says that we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. And so the word says that the only thing I need to work for is found in Hebrews 4.16, where I come boldly to the throne of grace, that I can obtain mercy and find grace in the time of need. So when I received this revelation, I wish I could tell you that I was just healed right then, and that I walked in healing, and I went off my meds, and that I was totally sane. That wasn't really how it worked. I became a different person on meds. My family stopped walking on eggshells, and I had a focus and clarity of mind that allowed me to accomplish my tasks more efficiently, and I was much more emotionally balanced. But the diff and the difference was so tangible that Jonathan joked that I should have gone on meds years ago, but that wasn't really a joke. <laughs> <laughs> and that summer, it was, it was more than six months after my diagnosis and taking medication that Jonathan and I went to Texas for a, a believers conference. And I was reminded there that I should believe for my healing after living six months of peace under medication. In an atmosphere charged with faith and great preaching, I got bold. I remembered my tenacity and zeal for healing and decided that afternoon, darn it, I was going to walk in it. So I announced to Jonathan that going forward from this very day, I'm coming off my meds. I'm walking in the healing of my ADHD and I don't need medication anymore. I just needed my faith. So I stopped taking the medication and I prayed and I prayed and I fasted that first day. I felt great and then I thought I was doing amazing. I, you know, I was chipper and the next day we were waiting at the elevator. Jonathan just snapped and said, all right, I'm sorry, but you need to go back on your medication. I can't do this again. And I was shocked. Because I was like, what? But I'm healed. I'm doing so good. And he's like, yeah, you remember when you were pregnant and you said that you weren't emotional and that you weren't struggling with hormones and that you're really nice and you were not bossy? And he's like, yeah, you weren't fine then and you're not fine now. And I was like, what? He's like, you're driving me nuts. You need to go back on your meds. He's like, until we really have a revelation of the manifestation of healing in your body, you really do need to start taking your pills again. So I lasted less than 24 hours. It was, a, it was really hard not to get discouraged, actually. I did go back on my meds for the rest of that conference, but I decided that I was going to press forward and keep laboring into that rest, to keep soaking in the preaching that week and to get filled up spiritually and keep believing for my healing, even though I was still on pills. So it happened to be that the last day of that conference was a healing service. And as 10,000 people packed into that stadium, one of the preachers brought a few kids from the children's program that week that had experienced supernatural healing of God over the week. The testimonies from those children were amazing. We, they had warts that were just magically healed and fell off, and then they had broken limbs that were supernaturally healed. It was really encouraging. And the last little guy went up there and he says, yeah, God healed me of my ADD. And I'm thinking, oh, that's so cute, Junior. I thought I was too. Your parents will be putting you back on meds like my husband put me back on meds tomorrow. <laughs> I was like, you're, you're not really healed, but that's really cute. And so then the preacher said, you know, our, he, she, after the child shared his testimony, the preacher said, our country is being attacked with mental illness and the body of Christ needs to stand up to it. If you have a child that struggles with ADD or ADHD, please stand and let's declare healing over them right now and take back what the enemy has stolen, which is our sound minds. So I watched as people all over the stadium started standing and Jonathan did his husband loving arm around shoulder gentle squeeze like come on honey you can do it I'm like she said parents of children 
with ADHD. I'm not going to stand. And I was like, and so he just kept looking at me like this. And so then right after that, she said, you know what? No, we're not. We're going to take it all back. If you struggle with ADD or ADHD, I want you to stand. And I'm saying, I'm like, oh, come on. And so I'm like, fine. So I stood and I'm holding up my hands because that's what good Christians do. And, and so then I'm sitting there. I'm like, so I'm, I'm listening to pray. And, you know, so it was really discouraging because I'm thinking, God, I've been here. Like, I had faith. I believed that healing was for me. And all those times I tried to walk in it a little bit, it came crashing down around me. And I'm not healed. But I was like, that's okay. Just focus. So, and God just kept prompting me. He's like, be at rest. Be at peace. You know the answers. You know the scripture. Just receive. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay. So I, I followed along with her. I agreed with her prayer. I joined my faith with hers. And then when she said amen, something felt really different. I didn't really know what it was. It's really hard to describe. And I didn't think on it too hard, but when I sat down and the preaching continued, definitely something was different. When I was on meds, there was clarity. There was definitely some clarification and a focus. But when I sat down, everything was sharp. I couldn't pick up any background noise. I, I didn't, I looked around and I couldn't even hear the man chewing next to me, his peanuts. And, you know, all I could hear was the preacher. I said, I was amazed. And as I looked up, I saw what was shaped like, you know, one of those old Vietnam War helmets kind of thing. It was just a round little helmet. And I looked up and there was this orange-yellow glow that was hovering above my head when I was where I was standing. I was in complete awe. I couldn't say or do anything. I, I just stood there and I listened to the rest of the preaching, just bewildered, really. And two hours later, we left. I was still in shock. We were walking the seven blocks to pick up our rental car. And I said to Jonathan near the end, and I said, honey, I'm, I'm like pretty sure I'm healed. And he was like, oh, I know. And I said, no, 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 like really healed. Not, not like you're going to put me back on medication kind of healed, but like, like I don't think I need to take my meds anymore. Like I'm, I'm really thinking like this, it's done. He's like, I know. And I'm thinking, how do you know? Because you didn't see the glow. I was like, how do you know? And he's like, because after you sat down, you just stopped moving. You sat still. He said, for the first time in nine years that we've been together, you stopped fidgeting. You were focused, and you sat down physically different. And now we're walking these seven blocks, and these are the best seven blocks of my life. He said, <laughs> he said you're not power walking like you're walking a dog, and I'm just dragging behind you, and you're not yelling at me. He's like, look, we're holding hands, and we're walking like normal people. And I was like, oh. He's like, you're at peace. He said, you're radiating peace. And that was the last morning, those three years ago, that I ever took meds. And, you know, and it's just so tangible. Am I, am I perfect? No, not by any stretch, but mental illness has no hold over me anymore. My natural met the supernatural. So that doesn't mean that Satan doesn't try to attack me with symptoms and threaten me with temptation. But when he does or when I feel like I'm back there, when it comes, I, I know that my work comes in laboring back into that rest because that's where I meet God. And so I want to encourage you guys that that work is not a work that we sometimes think. And as Christians, I think we're, incur like we're tempted by doing the Christian vocabulary things, which is let's pray more, let's fast, let's, let's meet with people, let's do a prayer meeting, let, let's lay hands. And those are not bad things. And God will absolutely meet people in those situations. And you can get a touch from God in those. But it has to come from a place of there. Abraham was in a place called there. Where he, where he didn't have to sacrifice Isaac because he was there. There's a place of peace and rest where we meet God. And so I want to encourage you guys with that, that God absolutely will use his super to meet our natural. Good morning.
guys look so good. Uh, I got to talk about healing as well and the supernatural through that and also dreams. So it's really cool that I got to start off there. Um, my name's Caleb. I've been going here for five years. And before that, I actually would podcast. So I'd say I'd be going here about eight years in total because I podcasted before I came. Uh, I used to live in Belize. Uh, my parents were missionaries down there, and uh, we lived there for 12 years. And uh, we got to see a lot of cool miracles and a lot of the supernatural. Um, when I was 14, I started getting really sick. Um, I would have high fevers, um, really big sores inside of my mouth and down my throat. Um, I would have really painful stomach cramps uh, to the point that I just couldn't walk. It felt like there was a stick inside of me that was poking and it just couldn't get out. And uh, it, it was bad. And my mom's like, okay, we're taking you off of dairy because like, blame it all on dairy, right? It's dairy's fault, which is honestly my safe place because me and ice cream, we're like best buds. We go way back. And I went off of dairy, and the same things happened. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but um, then after that, my mom's like, okay, let's, let's take out gluten. And now this was before the gluten fads where everything was cool to say, I am gluten-free. It wasn't, it wasn't cool back then was not. There was no alternatives. You couldn't go out to a fancy restaurant or even just a normal restaurant and be like, I want it without the gluten, and they know what you mean. When you said it back then, it was like, whoa, you're crazy. Like, you're one of those people. Um, being in Belize, I could order specific things from the kitchen because everything was like mom and pop made. You go into a restaurant, and it was all made fresh. And then we moved up here to Canada. Actually, on the way up, we stopped, and I saw flour-free Oreos, and I thought, this is it. But I found out that they weren't gluten-free. They still had oats inside of them, which with oats, there's a lot of cross-contamination that's inside of it. And I was sick the entire ride up to Canada. I had, like, the fevers. We had to crack a window. It gets really gassy in there. It was, it was bad the entire trip. Um, we got up to Canada, gluten-free pancakes, waffles, and the bread, gluten-free bread, it's a lie. It honestly does not taste like bread. It's sticky, gets to the top of your mouth, and it's just there. Um, but I started losing a lot of weight um, because of this. I was actually not that healthy, so I think we have a photo somewhere. And so that's me. I'm right there. I'm 18 years old. I weighed 120 pounds. Uh, my hair was thinning. I had a receding hairline is what the person cutting my hair told me, which at the age of 18, that's really nice to hear. <laughs> really nice to hear that I have skipped forward. And when I look at that photo, I was sick. I had to worry about everything that I ate. Um, was there something inside of it that crossed that I could get sick from? Even just a little bit of sauce. Um, there's a difference between soy sauce and soy yes sauce. One of them has gluten, one of them does not. And so, like, you might know the, not know the difference, but my, my body did. And um, sores, fevers, um, it was hard to go out for dinner, it was hard to eat, 
because that's that's just how you socialize. That's how you you live is through family and with food. And I really relate well to food. <laughs> um, when I was 19, I had a dream. And it was a dream that I was eating KFC. <laughs> and a lot of people are like, yeah, I dream those dreams too. Like, yeah, let's get it all in. And then I had a dream that I was eating Little Caesars pizza. I don't know why it was Little Caesars specific, but like that pizza to me, I just wanted a hot and ready, you know, take it, eat the whole thing, done. But on my way to work, I just remember that dream being there still. And I remember going through work and it's still being there. And so I called somebody, I don't remember who I called and said, you know what, I'm healed. And... Like, they were like, okay, well, you know what? Like, you're halfway through work. Like, just take it easy. I'm like, okay. I didn't listen to them. I went right to the food court. I ordered, like, the special combo from KFC that day. Which, like, to a lot of people, KFC will make you sick, period. It doesn't matter if you're healed or not. Like, you're out, you're down, and that's it. And just the week before, I had a gluten attack. And so that's when, like, you have something mixed, whether or not it's a sauce or it's just a little bit of something mixed in. Um, I would be given, like, blindly, like, chicken tenders that, like, I'd have to wonder, like, hey, is this the gluten-free one? Or when my mom would make waffles, is this the gluten-free one? And any time that I would even have a little bit of cross-contamination, it, it would make me very sick. And so that had happened the week before. And I remember going into the food court and ordering it and sitting down. I actually have, I have it on my Instagram, like free to gluten the first time that I ate it, like not knowing what the effects were. Um, where am I? Okay. Gluten sick the week before. But I was halfway through my shift. I would have four hours left to go in my day of having a gluten attack. I had three days of work that followed and having one of these gluten attacks would take me out for the entire week. And so I just stepped in faith. So um, in Matthew uh, 14, verse something, let's see if it's here. Do we have it up here? I like reading your guys' version. That way we all match. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said. And cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, Tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And I remember as I was going through the process of eating this, I had little doubts. I know my mom had been praying for me and saying, you're going to be healed. And I had my family telling me, no, you're going to be healed. And it's not that it wasn't there. Um, so I ate that KFC, and I felt fine. That night, I went out and had Little Caesars. I ate a whole pizza. <laughs> and I was fine. And every meal after that, I was fine. Five years. 
of not eating and like feeling sick and having fevers and having these sores and feeling pain every time that I ate something. It was there, but ever since then, I was fine. And so God has healing for you. God is a healer. It doesn't have to be in a dream. It can be KFC. It can be Little Caesars. It can be whatever you're going through. I see the little gluten-free cups right here, and we didn't have those. So I wouldn't take communion. I would take, I would take two cups of juice. <laughs> but I could feel a shift. And I know that I could have been the one to like go out into the water and drown. I had a lot of riding on like those three days of work, no sick time. <laughs> and I just stepped out in faith. And I know that food is definitely one of the places that you feel comfort. And you feel comfort by family. So when I had to go over to people's places and say, I need to be different or I need to be separate, it did put a barrier. And so if you are dealing with celiac or you're dealing with a food disease, God has healing for you. And you can feel like you can come to the table. So yeah, that's my story. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.